It's the big buck with the latest of the canines. The big buck, all the doggiest of headlines. With your host, Dara, Millie, Roxy, and Bruno. They're the kind of dogs that you know. It's time to talk about health, nutrition, training. Talk with canine professionals, owners, and dogs. It's the big buck, the big buck, all the canine stories for you. Hello and a big welcome to the Big Bark Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Burke, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co-hosts, Bruno, Millie, and Roxy. So, we have a last show, really, before Christmas for you now. Uh want to thank, first of all, everyone who tuned in to last week's All Over for Christmas. That turned out really, really well. And we will have an update for you after Christmas in January on the total funds raised because we're keeping our donation page open until the end of the month so you can continue to donate there until actually i'd say probably christmas day will close it so you can continue to donate right up to christmas so thanks to everyone who bought calendars they are now sold out they have all been dispatched and yeah it's been a good good successful year so delighted to see that everything sold this year and i wasn't left for any like last year so, okay, uh, what's coming up today? Well, first of all, today's episode is brought to you by Dogstar.ie. So, that's uh, great to have them behind us, great to have their sponsorship behind us. And coming up on today's show, have you ever wondered how to properly recognise what your dog is saying to you? So, we know that dogs, they don't speak English. They actually communicate through a different, I suppose, a different form of communication. It's not necessarily barking. But they use a lot of body language to communicate with each other and with us. Now, we don't often understand what that body language means. So we have Samantha Rossum from the Canaan College joining us a bit later on to tell us all about the different calming signals and body language that dogs use to communicate with both us and with their canine counterparts. We also have Dr. Ashley Bugler of Tree Vets and Limerick and Shannon joining us a bit later on to chat about everything winter, winter related and how to protect your doggies' paws and your doggies in general from the cold, from things like grit and and more. Um, so yeah, okay, well I suppose first of all a quick word here uh, before we continue, a quick word regarding our sponsors. We found our dog Roxy on Dogs.ie and when the people from Dogs.ie learned about that they asked me to share my experience. Using Dogs.ie is so straightforward. We were able to navigate the site and filter by our chosen breed, which for us was always going to be a Golden Labrador. We knew we wanted a girl and we were able to find a wonderful breeder in Tipperary who we still stay in contact with and share regular updates about Roxy. And they always look forward to these updates. We found the breeder so helpful and pleasant to deal with and we spent over three hours in Tipperary playing with Roxy and the other puppies and we knew for me and Roxy's parents and the breeder and our family, that these dogs were so well looked after. Roxy was quite nervous on her journey home, but Jen and I made it super relaxing and she curled up in Jen's lap all the way home. She slept slowly that night in her bed that we had got for her, and I even took the next day off to get a head start on the training. Everything on Dogs Are is super safe. They offer so many tips for prospective new owners and they really have the dog's welfare at heart. We also checked out the helpful ebook, which I highly recommend and you can find at dogs.ie forward slash book. 
Along with the contract template, which Dogs are he provide, it's super helpful in knowing the legal stuff you need to be aware of, and you can find that on Dogs are he forward slash contract. Dogs are he have just launched a new puppy pack, and more info can be found on Dogs are he forward slash gifts. Alright, and as always, we do recommend, like, if you're looking for a dog yourself, always check out your local shelter first. Now, I know that doesn't suit everyone, and a lot of people do want to get a puppy, but there are plenty of the rescue shelters as well that do have puppies. And actually, a lot of the rescue shelters, uh, they do advertise their own dogs on Dogs uh free of charge, and you can actually find, you can find things uh from things like that like doggies for adoption and for sale from shelters true dog sahi as well so look uh what i want to say on this though is regardless irrespective of whether you want to adopt whether you want to buy a puppy like that's your personal preference don't well don't need to head up me over it, uh, because i've had a few people already say to me like that we should only be encouraging to adopt, not shop. Look, we got Roxy from Dogstar. We have actually, I suppose, purchased our, if you look at it that way, I suppose, I don't really like using that word, but we got dogs from really good breeders. Each of our dogs have come from breeders. And for a lot of people, like, they might not pass the home check, for example, for a for an animal charity. So that, that kind of comes into it too. But... It's Christmas time, and for God's sake, do not buy a dog for Christmas. Like, it's the one thing I would advise anyone. Please, please, if your child, if your little brat of a child is telling you, I want a doggy for Christmas, mammy, tell him no. Just tell him no. And I'm not being mean. I'm just saying for the simple reason that, look, we have seen it time and time again. You have people who buy dogs for Christmas. Five minutes later, it child that wanted that dog is sick of the dog and the dog is just abandoned somewhere. Seen it time and time again it's abandoned, it's tied to the railings of a shelter and we've seen dogs that have actually been abandoned in recent weeks and this is horrible, horrible scumbag behaviour from people who do this. Bottom line lads, look you shouldn't buy a dog for Christmas. It isn't, it's the wrong time of year. The house is busy. People are busy. You can't give time to train and to look after a new puppy on Christmas Day. When there's so, so much going on. Like, it, it's a very stressful environment to bring a dog into. So, please, please, if you're getting a dog, just don't do it at Christmas. It's also a bad time of the year weather-wise. Trying to train your dog, house train your dog. It's impossible. It is absolutely impossible. So, look, you just have to... Remember, please don't buy a dog. And if you are thinking of buying your little new puppy, for Christ's sake, don't get rid of the older, loyal dog that has been with you for years. I've seen this every year, and it sickens me to the core of my stomach. The people are like, oh, well, like, we'll just get rid of the old dog for the new dog. I'm sorry, but that older dog has probably been loyal to you for maybe eight to ten years, and now you just don't want them anymore because they're not cute and cuddly? Well... I'm calling complete bullshit on people who do stuff like that, lads. Sorry for the language at this time of year, but look, it's very simple. Have respect for the dogs that you've had throughout the years and also just like 
don't get a puppy for Christmas, no matter what your child or what that, like, what your kids say, don't get a puppy for Christmas. And, like, I just think a puppy is a very bad, it's a very bad present to get for Christmas. Like, I would never recommend it to anyone. So, please, please, have some cop on and don't get a puppy for Christmas. Now, on that note, uh, we're not really talking things about Christmas per se here, but we are going to be talking with Samantha Rawson right after this uh, for, I suppose, everything canine communication. So if you want to train your dog, your own dog, and if you are one of these people who do get a dog for Christmas, well, look, just make sure that you're going about training the proper way and that you know what your dog is saying to you. If your dog is in a stressful situation, they will tell you. And Samantha is going to tell us all about that right now. Clever Canines on the Big Bark is brought to you by the Canine College, run by champion dog trainer Samantha Rawson, a regular contributor to RT Radio and Television. Samantha is a certified canine behaviour consultant and with 30 years experience in the field, she has the knowledge and understanding to help any dog. Our services include individual dog training from basic to competition standards, assessments and behaviour consultations. The Canine College is set on five acres with a secure paddock and an indoor classroom. See thecaninecollege.ie or find us on Facebook for more information. And we're delighted to welcome back today uh, Samantha Rawson from the Canine College to join us uh, to chat a bit about something that is very, very interesting, something I've always found fascinating, and that is about canine body language and all the different, I suppose, the different ways dogs communicate to each other and to us. Samantha, big welcome back to the show. Hi, Dara. Okay, Samantha, so this is something that's always fascinating me, and I've actually read up, I suppose, a good bit on the different, like, what they call calming signals from dogs, and, mm. like, I just find even watching the body language of dogs to be so fascinating. I like there's a lot of people out there who don't realize that like unlike you and me dogs don't speak English. So they have and they have their own way mm. of communicating. Mm. So you're going to kind of talk a bit about the different ways the dogs communicate, all the different signals that they give off whether it's to leave them alone or whether they want to interact and play. So this is something I'm very fascinated and really want to hear about. Okay, while I'm talking to you, Dara, I am looking at a picture of your two dogs. I presume this is Roxy and Bruno I'm looking at. And, no, that's actually um, Millie and Bruno. Looks like you're... Oh, Millie and Bruno. Yeah. Okay, so which is Millie? Uh, the brown Mi- one. Mi- Millie's the golden one and Bruno's the black lab, yeah. Okay, so so this picture, I presume you're in a coffee shop or somewhere. Um, and this picture um, is very interesting because um, both of them look as if they're happy to be in a coffee shop near uh, treats and stuff. But Millie looks much more relaxed than Bruno does. Bruno um, is licking his lips. Now, that could be in anticipation of the goodies that are in front of him. But if you look at him closely, his ears are slightly back. His eyes look slightly worried. He doesn't seem to have the same happy expression that Millie has. Um, um, his, His burrow is slightly frowny. Um, whereas Millie looks really up for engagement and a treat. Um, so Bruno could be licking his lips out of anticipation or it could be a little bit of stress. So calming signals um, vary from uh, breed to breed. But I suppose the common one would be licking of lips, turning head away, um, narrowed eyes, uh, 
ears back if the ears are, are, are readable, depends on the breed. The biggest sign in most dogs that all of us can identify is the tail tucked underneath the bum. So if you see a tail tucked underneath the bum, that dog is extremely fearful. Um, so you're looking at the kind of extremities of body language to see where they are. And usually if if it's if the ears are held low or the tail is held low, the dog is fearful. Um, if that's not so obvious, panting, licking of lips, yawning. Yawning is a real um, stress sign with dogs. Now, sometimes when I'm training a dog, it can yawn because it's learning and it's little um, cognitive wheels are turning. So sometimes uh, a stress yawn can be part of the learning process. Um, but yawning or looking away, looking away is a key, key one because look away means I don't want to engage. You know, all of us will look away if we, if we don't want to engage and dogs are no different. Um, but but also kind of, you know, if, if a dog is thinking about trying to increase distance between itself and the perceived threat, um, you'll see a slight raise of the gums. So so they'll do a, a slight raise of the gums or you might see um, their whiskers tweak a little bit um, and then you might suddenly get a bite. But but the, the signals are quite subtle before a dog bites. But when a dog bites, all it's trying to do is increase the space between it and the, the thing that it's frightened of, um, which is usually a person. Um, so... So it's really important to be able to give dogs the space to get away. So if they're in some kind of social setting and they're a little bit worried um, that they must have the opportunity to remove themselves. If they don't and they're cornered and they're trapped, they might start growling. And and as I say, it might be a bite Um, on that particular point, Dara, a growl should never, ever be corrected or admonished. A growl is a warning signal. The dog is trying to tell you, I feel really uncomfortable. I don't feel safe. I want to get the hell out of here or please back off. Right. So a growl should never, ever be corrected. It should always be listened to and respected and heeded. Um, all a dog wants is the space and the safety to be able to escape, to get out of the situation. Um, and talking about ourselves and, you know, we're now around the Christmas period None of us like being in a social setting that we can't get out of. So think about being stuck at a party or being stuck in a, you know, in somebody's house that you've had to visit over Christmas and you're really not comfortable. There's nothing worse. We will always try and make our excuses, our escape to get out of there as fast as we can. Or if we can possibly help it, not to go there at all, not to be in the situation. And as you say, dogs can't talk. So they can't tell us, I don't want to be here. Please get me out of here. The only way they can tell us is by us, like you, having enough interest in our dogs and caring enough about them to notice those very subtle signals that tells us the dog is not comfortable. Please get me out of here. Okay, and obviously we have, I suppose there's a lot more different signals, like dogs interacting with other dogs and when they want to play with each other, there's a lot more signals that they give off to each other. Yeah. So what, yeah. What kind of signals? Like I, I've heard, like the bow, and like the wagging tail, and like they, they do give off other signals as well to to humans and dogs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um. Yeah. So I suppose it depends on the context. Okay. So it depends on the situation the dog is in. So so there I was talking about signals to do with people. So um, the signals to do with other dogs might be slightly different. 
Dogs do not naturally run into each other's space, right? That's the first thing to say. Dogs are actually, if they're well socialized um, and well brought up, they respect each other's space. Some dogs, uh, like cockapoos, are a bit silly and a bit mindless, and they will run into the space of another dog. But normal dog behavior, they will suss each other out at a distance. And then they will signal each other, can we decrease the space between us? So they might kind of, you know, do a little body wag or look over and look away, look over and look away. A bit like flirting at a party, you know, have you noticed me? Have you seen me? Um, is it okay to, to approach? So so it, it's kind of quick engagements and look away. So then they might do, as you say, a little play bow. So they might kind of, you know, um, lower their front and have their bum in the air. Um, and that might be like an invitation. Do you want to play? And then if the other dog does want to play, they might reciprocate that signal. Um, or they might kind of, you know, turn their body sideways that says, no, I don't want to engage. And they might blank the other dog. So they won't even look at it, which says, no, I don't want to engage. You know, don't come near me. I'm not, I'm not interested. Um, depending on the dog, some dogs will carry their tail very high in, in a straight way. So a, a tall straight tail that says, I'm not really interested. Please go away. Um, usually dogs that want to engage will carry their tail kind of midway. So it won't be high and it won't be low. It'll kind of be midway. Um, and they'll they'll give a little wag. Or if they can't use their tail, like an awful lot of breeds, you know, I know tail docking is now banned, but some dogs still are tailless. So Dobermans, Old English Sheepdogs, some Springer Spaniels um, don't have a tail to wag. So they might might just wag a bum. The, the other important thing to remember is with these dogs that have been um, physically altered by man, they don't know that they don't have a tail. So they think they're wagging their tail or they think they're t- tucking their tail under their bum to signal they're, they're fearful. But if they don't have a tail, their brain has said, yes, I'm giving all the signals. And they don't realize that their signals aren't being read. That's why um the the english bulldogs and the staffies and the boxers and all of those brassophilic breeds the ones with squashed up faces that's why they tend to get into more trouble than other dogs because in their brain they're giving the signals but their signals aren't being transmitted and received by the other dogs and that's why they tend to get into more trouble or or have aggressive spats with other dogs because they we man has altered their body so much that they're unable to communicate correctly with their own species, which is, you know, it's a very, very sad day for anybody who loves dogs that we've brought them to that point. But we have. Um, so, yeah. So so I think that book that you refer to, Dara, is uh, by Turid, Turid Rugas. Is it Turid? Is it Turid? Turid Rugas. She had a book many years ago called Calming Signal and Dogs. Um, there's another great book, a very, very expensive book. If you wanted to buy it for a dog lover for Christmas, a lady called Brenda, Brenda Olaf, um, O-L-A-F-F. And she has a, a fantastic book all about um, body language in dogs. Uh, another guy who wrote a book many years ago called Ray Coppinger. Um, he's a, um, a lethologist and he wrote a, a book about dog language as well. So there's loads of of books out there. One of my books that I refer to a lot uh, is by Stanley Corrin, and it's called How Dogs Speak. 
Um, and that's that's um, usually any student of animal behaviour or student of, of canine behaviour will have that book on their list. And it's it's a great read. So Stanley Curran, um, How to Speak Dog is a great book. And I actually, I, I know the one that you're talking about by Todd Rogas. Uh, I actually have it on, I believe I have it on my Kindle actually. It's uh, on Talking Tones with Dogs, Cam and Singles. Is that the one? Yeah, that's yeah, the one. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a yeah. brilliant book. Brilliant book. I haven't read yeah. it all now, but I've I've read a good bit. I of met, it. I met her many years ago. She was in Dublin, and uh, I I had the 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 privilege of driving her around Dublin and being her being her taxi for the day. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, and <laughs> so, yeah, very interesting. I suppose lady. there's one other thing. Like a lot of people think that like dogs they give you this like I suppose the puppy dog eyes they call it the guilty eyes. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Like that's very often misinterpreted. Am I right? Well, well, I think dogs have learned to manipulate us. Is that what you're referring to? Where, where they've learned it, to kind of put yeah, on these like, lovely it, it, baby it, expressions to get us to melt and give them a biscuit or give them a whatever so it is. They're is seeking. there any actual truth to that? I think there is, yeah. I, I think dogs have. I mean, dogs like Cavaliers and the Pekingese um, and what we would loosely term lap dogs. I mean, they were selectively bred for their big eyes because they almost replicated baby's eyes. So they've been selectively bred for those faces, um, you know, because they were generally lap dogs for ladies. Um, so so I, I, I do think there is something in that. And, and any of us who, who have a dog that we love and adore and that hopefully adores us knows that they can, you know, they can manipulate us to, you know, all day long. You know, they, they just look at you with those beautiful brown eyes or blue eyes or whatever color eyes they have. And and we just give in and we go, OK, here, you know, have a bit off my plate or here, have the biscuit or OK, come on, we'll go for a walk. Um, so I, I think there is definitely something in that they, they have learned how to manipulate our emotions. Um, and if you have a close relationship with your dog, you're constantly communicating with them anyway. And it's nice to know that we have that communication because we also then know when they're not well. We know them so well and they know us so well that we know when they're off form because we can read their body language or we know their their general personality or their general traits. And likewise, they know when we're off form. I mean, all dog lovers will, will talk about, you know, when they're, they haven't been well or they've been sick lying on the couch and the dog has just stayed beside them or been at their feet or or stayed with them when they were, were physically unwell or maybe grieving or, or going through a bad time. Um, so yeah, there, there's there's definitely something in that. I mean, it is a relationship, and and dogs are emotional animals, and so are we. So definitely, yeah. So you'd be able to view then this like the same way that like dogs uh, learn commands like sit and stay and paw and all from us. We should be learning their language, their camera signals, just as much. Absolutely, it, it would be like. You know, if you had a guest in your home that maybe didn't speak the same language as you, maybe English wasn't their first language and they, you know, they, they came from France or Poland or wherever they come from, that, you know, you can communicate so much through watching body language. You don't have to understand the actual language itself in order to be able to human communicate with another human being who doesn't speak your own language. Because it's all done through body signals. I, I think us as humans, we've just evolved to speak. We have a part... Um, in our in our in our trachea, in our, our voice box that that we've evolved that that chimpanzees and other animals don't have, um, but we can all communicate with each other without using words. I mean, that's you know that's a given, um, and I think the lovely thing about animals is 
that it brings you back to nature in a way because you can't really use words to communicate with them. It has to be um, an emotional relationship. And with some dogs, I've often met owners and dogs that I am convinced are telepathic, that they actually communicate with each other when they're not even in the same room. They can communicate with each other. So I certainly believe in, in telepathy, telepathy between animals and, and their owners. So, so yeah, they have certainly learned how to manipulate their facial expressions in order to communicate with us to get what they want. Well, that's fantastic, Samantha. And look, that's brilliant insight. And it's great to hear all the different ways that dogs communicate with us. And as I've experienced nearly every day, how they manipulate us as well. Uh, listen, yeah. we'll leave it there for today and we'll have you back on again soon to chat to us. And next time we are going to be looking at uh, outdoor act, outdoor recreation and uh, off-leash recreation. Great. Thanks, Darren. All right, Samantha, thanks again for that. And that was wonderful information. Always love hearing about dogs communicating with each other. And that is our last episode now for before Christmas. So I want to wish you a very happy Christmas and hope you have a fantastic holiday. And you too, Dara, and a happy Christmas from myself and all the the lads and lassies here at the Canine College. There are um, eight eight of the guests here and five five, um, cousins, if you like. So from all of us here at the Canine College, uh, wishing you and yours a safe, happy and healthy Christmas and New Year. And please keep your dogs safe. Thanks, Samantha. All right, and a big thanks to Samantha Rawson for all that wonderful information there. Uh, Really helpful. And, like, I love learning things about how dogs communicate to us. I am constantly watching Bruno and Millie and Roxy now as well. Uh, What's very interesting I found is a lot of the time with Bruno, he hasn't necessarily been able to understand the language that another dog is giving him. And I've kind of seen the same at Roxy as well. So it it sort of is like making them aware too, making them like aware like of the signals that they should be watching out for as well. And if you spot a dog, like say, for example, they're licking at the lips even, or turning its head away, for example, when your dog is approaching them, just take your dog and walk the other way. Walk a different way. Like, you don't want to upset someone else's dog because whatever about being able to trust your dogs, you don't know anything about someone else's dog. Like, if you don't know that dog yourself, if you're walking up to a strange dog, you don't know what the reaction of your dog approaching that dog will be. So, look, just always read the calming signals, always read the body language, and make sure that you do know what your dog is saying to you. They can't speak English, guys, so it's... Like, we teach them words. We teach them, like, basic commands, like sit, stay, beg. Uh, That's one that I never taught Roxy, but she knows it quite well. Sit, stay, beg, roll over. You know your various commands that we teach every dog. And even, like, for things like doing our business outside, different keywords that people use as well. For Roxy, it's uh, just toilet I use for her, and she knows to actually go. But, like, she's, she's got a lot better with that now. But look, other than that, dogs don't really understand many English words. So I think it's only fair that we, as humans, being the, I suppose, the more intelligent, sometimes, species, 
and say that about every human. I'm allowed to take humans. And I find dogs to be a lot cleverer at times too. Uh, but look, it, as the, I suppose, the technically more intelligent species, we should be learning their language and not the other way around. So we should be learning what dogs are saying to us through their body language. Now, anyway, uh, okay, we're going to keep moving on because next up we are going to be talking a bit more about, okay, obviously we know when it's winter time now. It's Christmas. It's winter. The weather's getting cold. So that means that there's hazards out there for your doggy. There's things like, how do you call it? Uh, things like grit on the roads when it's icy, ice itself, the really cold weather that can, like, where it goes down to minus two or minus three. That's very cold for a dog. Same way that, like, during the summer, hot weather that we experience is too hot for a dog. Cold weather can be too cold for a dog as well. So, Next up now, I have Dr. Ashley Bugler joining from Treaty Vets. And Ashley is going to be telling us all about the different things uh, with the, I suppose, hazards of winter, really. So, okay. Uh, yeah, we'll be right back after this with Dr. Ashley Bugler of Treaty Vets. Do you have a pet in need of a vet? Or do you need some health advice for your four-legged friend? Whether it's for a regular checkup, microchipping, vaccinations, or critical urgent care, you can rest assured knowing that your pet is in loving hands at Treaty Veterinary Clinic Limerick and Shannon. Providing care for your pet since 1986, at Treaty Vets, your pet is our priority. Call our 24-hour number 061-328-511 or make an appointment through our website www.treatyveterinaryclinic.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram, Treaty Veterinary Clinic. Proud sponsors of the Health Hub on the Big Bark. All right, and joining me now is Dr. Ashley Bugler from Treaty Vets in Limerick and Shannon. And Ashley, you gave so much good advice last week on Oliver for Christmas. And today you're back to us again to talk a bit more, something that's very topical again this time of year. And I suppose winter, we're in the middle of winter right now, and we've had a bit of frost already. So there's been the likes of grit on the roads, there's been antifreeze around, but there's quite a lot of dangers for dogs with winter, even with the cold weather that's there. So I'm going to get you to tell me a bit about those today. Yeah, sure. No bother. How are you, Dara? I'm good. I uh, hope everything went well for you last week anyway. And um, I know we mentioned last week, Just I just quickly mentioned a bit about grit on the road. So I just wanted to go into a little bit more detail about just the dangers of winter and things for people to look out for and things like that. Um, now, a lot of it is common sense. I think a lot of people will know it, but sure, it's no harm to be reminded anyway. I feel like we had a, we had a, a long summer in the cold weather and suddenly came all of a sudden. So maybe just a bit of a reminder this time of year, things to, to kind of look out for. So um, we all know as the temperature starts to drop, we all notice the change and you can be sure your dog will notice it too. And um, so the first most, you know, the first thing really is to make sure your dog has a warm place to sleep at night. Um, if your dog is generally an outdoor dog, you might need to move them into the house for the cold winter nights. Um, I mean, if your dog does sleep inside, then great. Just make sure it isn't somewhere drafty or there isn't a window open that could cause a chill. Your dogs can get cold quite quickly while they're asleep. So um, putting up even an extra blanket over their bed to keep the draft out, keep them warm. Um, you know, we don't want our dogs feeling cold while they're sleeping. So that's a big one. Make sure they have a nice warm bed every night. Um, so um, a lot of dogs might be a little bit less willing to go on walks this time of year, especially during the freezing weather. So um, especially our smaller dogs and our lighter dogs or our, you know, our little sighthounds that have thinner skin, 
So instead of maybe doing your one long walk, maybe break it up into two or three shorter walks so they aren't outside for as long. Um, and so, yeah, for those smaller or older dogs or, or you know, our sight hounds, it might be a nice idea to pop a warm coat on them. So if your dog has a thin coat or thin skin, um, it might be a nice idea to get them used to a nice warm winter coat and to keep them warm on their walks. This actually does make a big difference. Um, and then I suppose the next thing then is, is about the paws. So the cold weather can cause kind of dry and cracked and sore paws. So it's really important to wash and dry your pet's paws thoroughly after walks in the wintertime. So like the salt and the grit on the road can cause damage to the skin and to the pads. So those de-icing chemicals and the salt, they stick to the feet and the legs and your dog is even more likely, you know, when your dog gets home and they're, they're licking their legs and they're licking their feet. That stuff is actually quite toxic. So it's, it, it's going to harm their paws, harm their skin, but also then they could ingest it as they're licking it off, which would be, you know, really upset their tummy or cause toxicity. So um, definitely really important to wash the feet really well and dry them really well after every winter walk. Um, if your dog has particularly sensitive feet, it might be worth getting them some paw booties to wear. So I have seen some dogs, especially dogs that spend a lot of time indoors and um, are more kind of a lap dog breeds. They tend to have very soft paws, um, especially the pads are very soft. So it might be a nice idea to get those guys used to wearing boots. Now, it can take a bit of getting used to it and it can take them some time to accept the the, 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 the booties. So just do some positive training, get them wearing them around the house for a few minutes at a time, get them used to wearing them before you take them out. Um, in wet weather then, um, I know we're talking about cold weather more so, but in Ireland, we tend to have more wet than more wet weather than than, than icy weather, really. Um, so the ground is often muddy and dogs' feet can get very muddy on their legs. So this is a bit of a, a, a rare one, but there is a disease coming around for the last few years. Now, more often in the UK, but we are we have seen a few cases in Ireland, is a disease called Alabama rot. Um, and that we don't actually know the full pathogenesis of it or how it works, but it seems to be traced back to having mud on the feet, muddy dogs. So after a muddy walk, that the, when the mud isn't washed off, they can pick up this disease and it actually, it can cause kidney failure and it can be fatal. So if you do a muddy walk with your dog, it is very important to, to wash the paws and wash the feet. Um, that's an easy, you know, it's a, it's a good thing to do there. Um, so if the weather is really bad and it's too bad for a dog walk, try to do some activity indoors. And playing with toys or doing some training is just excellent for your dog's brain. It helps to tire them out. And more and more indoor dog parks are opening, opening up. So that, that's really useful during the winter time. And Or if your dog is really active and really fit, you could think about joining a dog agility class. And so that, that's a really good idea. And that training is so important for our dogs and, and the learning process is so great for their brain. It really helps to tire them out. And so then when we're, when we're going out on our walks, um, make sure that your dog is really visible. So we've endless options nowadays. We have high-vis jackets and jumpers and collars that light up and lights that attach to the collar and to the harness. The list goes on. So um, vitally important for our dogs at this time of year to be really well lit up and really visible. Um, and then if you're, you if the walks are being a bit reduced because of the weather, just be mindful of the calorie intake that we're not letting our dogs put on weight then when the, when the walks are being reduced. Like we do know now that weight gain and everything is, is 90% diet related. But obviously, if your dog is having much less activity, they don't need as much calories. So just be careful with the treats and maybe reduce their food intake a little bit. Um, so during the summer, we get a lot of warnings about leaving dogs in cars, not to leave dogs in cars during um, hot weather. But the same applies during very cold weather. Our cars can get very cold very quickly. So don't leave dogs unattended in cars during cold weather. There's a high risk of hypothermia. You know, they can't escape. They can't warm up. They can't move around. And they're going to get cold very quickly. So 
and definitely avoid that one. And um, I suppose be careful around ponds and lakes. In Ireland, we can we don't get that cold if they're that solid, but there can be you know a thin layer of ice over ponds and lakes. And if your dog is off lead, they might wander over and think it's solid, and then they'll take a few steps and they could fall through the ice. That's dangerous for your dog, but also dangerous for you because you could get into difficulty trying to rescue your dog. So just be really, really careful. I'd say if you're going near any kind of water places where or water sources where they could be frozen over, maybe keep the dog on the lead and just be careful of that. And obviously, if they do back to kind of slipping on ice, they could do an injury. Even if they slip and fall on ice, they could cause a fracture or a ligament tear or bruising, broken ribs, things like that. Or if, if the ice shatters, they can have lacerations on their pads and their legs and their face and stuff. So ice can be can be a little bit dangerous. Um, that's a lot of those kind of things. Um, so I suppose one thing to touch on that, you know, we hear a lot about is antifreeze. Now, it is more common for cats to drink antifreeze because they're able to slip into garages and stuff more easily. But our dogs also love antifreeze. So antifreeze is a very sweet tasting liquid and, and dogs like the taste of it, but it is highly, highly, highly toxically injected. So this must be avoided at all costs. If it injected, if it's injected, it can cause kidney failure and can be fatal. So if you spill some antifreeze while you're refilling your car or anything, make sure to clean it up and keep your dog away from it. And if you think, if you even think your dog has ingested antifreeze, give your vet a ring straight away, bring them down. With, with, you know, the quicker we can deal with this, the better. It's one of those really toxic things that is certainly an emergency. Um, and just on the topic of poisons, actually, um, we often see more rat and mice, mice, rats and mice in the wintertime. You know, they're trying to get near the house because they're, they're cold as well. So we're seeing more people leaving out poisons, rodenticides and stuff. And um, so again, Keep them out of your dog's reach. They're highly poisonous to dogs and they can cause bleeding problems. And sometimes the dog, after they've eaten it, they might seem fine for a day or two and it's only on day three or four, we start seeing serious illness. So it's, it's not worth the risk of, oh, sure, I'll see how he gets on. If you think your dog has eaten rat, uh, any rodenticide, um, please call the vet, get that stuff out of the system because, as I said, it can take a few days. And if that happens, it's very hard to, to treat it at that stage when they're, it causes bleeding problems. So they could have bleeding into their lungs or into their tummy or anything like that, they'd be coughing and or they could collapse. So yeah, really, really serious. And just, I know we're, we're always talking about dogs, but just to mention, I know a lot of people who have dogs also have cats. So just to mention, um, just a talk to cats, these guys really can suffer in the cold weather. Make sure they have a warm place to sleep. We have a lot of cats who live outdoors. Make sure they have a warm garage, maybe with a heat lamp or like extra blankets or insulation put up, make their, make a little den for them to sleep in. It's really important. Um, and then they, they're going to try and source heat. So, um, they will crawl up onto the bonnet, uh, onto the bonnet of the car. Just every morning, if you do have cats around you, give your bonnet a bit of a bang try and get out just double check there is I've had a few of um through the years of cats getting caught in bonnets and it's, it's horrific so um it's a good one just to give a couple of bangs to see if there's a cat in there and hopefully hopefully you'll be you'll be fine um again as cats are heat seekers so are dogs we know our dogs they love the heat they love getting up in front of the open fire they love leaning up against a radiator or you know sure you know yourself um, but especially our older and our younger dogs they might they might go to a heat source a radiator or a fire and get too close to it and then they might fall asleep or they might be arthritic and not be able to move away or they, they might not realize how hot they're getting so we can have we can actually have serious burns on the skin from overheating getting too close to heat sources so i know it seems like oh he's loving lying in front of the fire just be careful keep an eye on them move them away if they if, if they're seen, if they're panting a lot they seem to be getting too hot touch their coat if it's very hot move them away from the fire and um, a lot of people now have the fire guards around the fire to stop them getting too close and they're great and um, very very useful and um, 
on the topic of the older dogs, you know, the cold weather can aggravate a lot of conditions. So um, a lot of older dogs with arthritis, they really feel the cold. It really does. It does. It does kind of impact them a lot. So again, with the booties, they can be useful to keep the feet warm on walks and um, jumpers, coats, extra blankets, all that kind of thing. Really useful to keep our dogs warm and um, and especially our older dogs that are lost a bit of muscle mass or they might be a bit lighter. It is really important to try and keep them warm with extra things like that. Um, for any dog that's had um, any kind of surgery with metal. So um, we know from people, people who have had like plates in their ankles and their knees or hip replacements, they feel the cold in the metal and it's actually painful. So we surmise the same for our dogs. If your dog has had a cruciate done or they've got a, um, they had a fracture on their leg or a hip replacement or anything and they've plates and screws, they'll be feeling the cold more. So just be careful around the really cold weather. They might see, they might seem lame, you know, or sore, maybe just do some indoor exercise with them. Um, so I suppose overall, try to walk the dogs when the sun is shining during the day. You know, um, we do, especially in the cold weather, we often get lovely sunshine in the middle of the day. So get them out during those hours if possible. Again, it's safer. Um, but if you have to walk them in the early morning or the late evening, make sure they're wrapped up well, make sure they're really visible and maybe keep them on lead just to be on the safe side. Um, so that's a lot of the winter advice. Fantastic. That's uh that I think you pretty much covered everything there, Ashley. So that's uh Okay. That's that's pretty helpful. And that actually wraps up our episodes for this year. So once again I'd like to thank you, thank John, thank all the team outside for everything that you do. And wish you a happy Christmas and a happy new year as well. Many rap, happy returns to you and all your gag. Um, I'm sure we'll talk in the new year and I'm sure I'll see you over the Christmas anyway. Fantastic, Ashley. Thanks so much. Bye. Do you have a pet in need of a vet or do you need some health advice for your four-legged friend? Whether it's for a regular checkup, microchipping, vaccinations or critical urgent care, you can rest assured knowing that your pet is in loving hands at Treaty Veterinary Clinic Limerick and Shannon. Providing care for your pet since 1986. At Treaty Vets, your pet is our priority. Call our 24-hour number 061-328-511 or make an appointment through our website www.treatyveterinaryclinic.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram, Treaty Veterinary Clinic. Pride sponsors of the Health Hub on the Big Bar. Okay, and thanks again to Dr. Ashley Bogladale from Treaty Vets. Uh, Limerick and Shannon, who have been so, so good and sponsored our health hub over the last couple of years. And we're delighted to have Ashley every week coming on, chatting to us all about the different different things, health-related issues with doggies. And that completes our show for today. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to wish everybody, all of our listeners, all of our followers, a very, very happy, safe and peaceful Christmas. For you, for your dogs and for all your family your and your friends and whatever else. But look, I'm not a big fan of Christmas myself. Like, I'm looking forward to it this year. Because Roxy, it's our first Christmas and I love looking forward to the Christmas for the doggies because I get to spoil them. Like, they get spoiled every fucking day anyway, like, but they're going to get spoiled even more this year and they deserve it. They have got me through what has been an incredibly shit year at times. And as you all know, this time last year we lost my brother Shane. And it has been an immensely hard year. 
because of that. So without the dogs, and I suppose like, look, without the dogs, without Jen, like it's, things would have been way, way harder. Like Bruno has been, Bruno has been hit most out of three dogs. Like it hurt him the most when Shane passed away. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully 2024, where, well, where we um, hopefully have a more positive year. And I will be, as I said, releasing the details of how much was raised for DSBC and Haven. Like I said, I wish everyone a happy Christmas. And I will see you. We'll be back again the week after Christmas with a look back on this year's episodes. So, thanks guys, and wishing you all a very happy Christmas and a happy new year as well. It's the big bark with the latest of the canines. The big bark, all the doggiest of headlines. With your host, Dara, Millie, Roxy, and Bruno. They're the kind of dogs that you know. It's time to talk about health, nutrition, training. Talk with canine professionals, owners, and dogs. It's the big bark, the big